I hope for all of you guys that what Chad kind of laid some foundations for to think about our faith and mature in our faith that really takes root and just some of the community and connection that happens and some of you I know better than I did before and um, it leads very well into what we're talking about today in our thriving, uh, thriving series. So let's pray with the God, we thank you so much for today, God. We thank you for your grace God, we thank you for opportunities like yesterday and the one coming up in the women's event where we will meet new people, we will connect in a new way. And we are called to be in community, friendship, in connection, uh, have a support system with our church brothers and sisters. God, help us expand our vision and our view of what a church means scripturally how to do. That we are all in the under this family, we are united with you. God, I ask that today, if any of us have felt, uh, haven't felt the power and the impact and the importance of a church community, God, that today we walk out with a new uh, sense of what it means, its value, God, things to, to be born against and hurt that. It is an absolute attack of the enemy, God, and ultimately what we have for the church. So God, it ain't church. We're in a six-week series created to strive. And why we put strive is because everything to, to thrive, you are going to have to strive for. Things do not come easy. Things do not just come your way. Has anybody ever started a business in here and built a business? Has anybody ever done that? Just raise your hand. Right, right. And what do people say to you? Wow, I wish, I, I wish it must have been easy for you. Wow. You know what I'm talking about? Wow. Okay. So uh, clearly, you know, I didn't have what you have. And I've talked to so many people who've begun something, started something, created something. And a lot of times, those who will not strive will say those types of things. But you know, as someone who's gone in front and said, it's possible to do it, but you will have to work hard for it. Right? Can I get an amen? There are people who say, oh, your Christian life is easy because life is easy for you. And you've got all kinds of understanding and journey. To have community, to, to experience thriving in your life, you have to strive. It will not just come your way. When you became a Christian, did your life become easier? No. You will have to strive. You will have to work hard. You have to lay things down. This is the process of sanctification, of transformation in itself is a movement process. And replacing mindsets, mentalities, actions, and behaviors, you will have to start. It does not just happen. So I would say this, over the next six weeks, we're going to take topic by topic and talk about what is the point of life and how to describe in these areas what we have to do in these areas. And so one of them we're going to start the first topic today. And I think it's an important one. I thought like it was necessary 
calls us to, even in the midst of this series, I would say this, and I'll just read it right out to you. We were created to thrive, not just to survive. Thriving is a matter of gratitude. It's a matter of ultimately uh, stewardship and growth. I would say increase investment, abundant faith. That's thriving. There is no scenario where that is easy. There is not one, but ultimately you will have to strive. Thrive. Life. I love this verse in James 1, 2-4. If you can put yourself maybe in the, in, in, the, in the tally of the verse, right? Place yourself, if you can, in a situation that these people are in, where the scenarios around them, the circumstances around them, are not conditions for natural thriving. But listen to the mindset and the mind shift they have to make in order to thrive. He says this, count it, count it, all joy. It's almost as if you're going to have to see something as what it isn't, as it is. You're going to have to go on faith and not what you see. So he says, count it all joy, my brothers, meaning family, church family, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfast. That these testings, they're going to produce something good. And so you strive on. You march on. You keep going. And you count it at all joy. He said, and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Now, I don't know if I can explain perfectly complete lacking nothing. Jack can't explain it, and we're all in trouble. <laughs> and the fact is, is this, is that when we think about perfect and complete lack of nothing, I don't know exactly what that means, but I know it means this, is that you will not be left for a long time. You will now shift this change and you rely on something so much more than to that. Right? Have no joy when you experience trials and Playing sports as a kid is uh, such a gift. So grateful that I was able to do it, and, um, and I had fantastic coaches along the way. One of my coaches was maybe one of the best I've ever had, and he would say this, and it was interesting because you either had to hear what he had to say and take it and believe it, or you would hate what he said. He worked off of PMA, positive mental attitude, and so he was my freshman basketball coach. He was uh, better than all of us at basketball, so that did help a little. And it was like you would get in there and he'd say, all right, positive mental attitude, guys. You gotta, you know, everybody's gonna be happy, everybody's gonna work hard, and everybody's gonna like it. And it's like, okay, yeah, yeah. He's like, now we're in liners the rest of the practice. It's 6 a.m. is when we had our practice. And we did that three days a week, uh, outside of our two game days off of the week. And it was just this like, some guys are like, ugh, I hate it. And they just run us and run us and liners after liners after liners after liners. And it's like, God, it's like you're getting better, you're getting better, it's all to make you better. And it was an interesting mentality. It was almost sadistic in a way. Like, we like the torture, right? It feels like that James passage. Count it all joy. Count it all joy, the steadfastness, the strength, the endurance you're going to have. 
talk about management, that you're going to have in your trials and your struggles. Right? You'll grow. You took me to a basketball camp that he ran uh, the mentality of the basketball camp. And it was uh, way up north in Michigan. It was uh, a Wolverine camp. Very intense. And we get there, and first thing in the morning, Someone's over at that And it was, uh, everybody wake up! Yeah, then you have to say, I'm going to learn alive and awake enthusiastic. Because of the song. I'm going to learn alive and awake enthusiastic. I'm going to learn alive and awake. I'm going to learn alive and awake. I'm going to learn alive and awake enthusiastic. Now get up, everybody's going running. That's what it was. Every single basketball thing I when I went back and we're to introduce the mentality of like guys, you're going to be alert, you're going to be alive, you're going to be awake, you're going to go after it every day. There's something about striving. It's never going to be easy. It's always going to be difficult. And that's why I think this series is important. It's a mentality that have to have. I read this uh, Japanese proverb and it said this, Life without endeavor is like entering a jewel mine and coming out with empty hands. You're gonna miss out without the mentality of like adventure, journey, hard work, nothing worth anything, right? Didn't come without hard work and struggle. And so sometimes right, James is dealing with the people and saying, it can't just flow into your life, you will have to want it. You will have to want it so bad. Like when I see these endurance runners who will run all of these hundred mile runs and several hundred mile or twenty-four hour mile runs and then they're like, why do you even like doing it? And they're like, oh if I make myself suffer, it makes me better. I begin to love it. I feel like they're close to James and sometimes all the Where if something hard comes our way, it's like, why well, you must be sometimes endurance is something we can build an appetite for. Our series title is this, John 10.10. 10. It says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Everything the enemy wants, wants to take it right from you. Everything that, everything that you can have in life, the fullness of life, he wants it all. But Jesus said, I came that they may have life and have it abundant. When we said this last week, that life ultimately is this life. It's a, it's a life of passion, a journey that has like real experience is sustained by God and a consistency in it and an abundance is beyond any expectation of limitation. May have thought of this by God's Christian life, although it's not easy, Christian life will take you beyond the limits. And you should never, ever, ever put boundaries and boxes around the life God has called you to. Moses stood before God himself and said, you have the wrong guy. I'm not great with my words. And God's like, no, I got the right guy. I'm pretty sure. And he tried to put boundaries around what God was capable of doing. God worked with him. And then God really made him to a champion for this. Down the road, throughout all the scripture, you will find people who feel I don't have what it takes, right? They put 
it's such a bigger value to it, which was hopefully seen towards the end. And I would say I'm going to give you three very important understandings about a thriving community. You don't have to just survive. You do not have to just go through life in church and just kind of put on the face and the box and walk out and go, I'm in church today, and that was my church community. So I think there's so much to it, so much to So much to We were called into so much to I, if I was any places being I would be nervous on my But if I had 50 friends with me, I wouldn't be nervous at all. My confidence would rise. I might even say something to But when I'm outnumbered or I feel overwhelmed, I will then respond in such a way. There's such power in numbers and we can't forget that when it comes to church or what we have to do. It's important. First thing I think is important to understand
people spent decades around this movie. I think that's cool. I thought that was one of the coolest stories I ever heard. And I thought, man, people need hope. We need to realize that we have to find something in the world. It's supposed to be something that's hope, that's purpose, and that's future. I'll say this when it comes to the value of the church. There's three very easy things we can point to that you'll experience, I hope, in the value of the church community. One is this is Belonging is such an important thing. Man, I read too many, too many articles, too many uh, opinions about belonging and studies about belonging, and the more you get to it, that, that people want to belong. When uh, you were a young kid, and you felt maybe rejected by your other uh, other classmates, and maybe some kids that weren't so great were inviting you in, and you naturally don't, wouldn't hang out with them, but next thing you know, you have a community because you belonged, and then because you belonged, you were a part of what they were doing, and your parents were all worried, but they didn't realize maybe that you didn't belong in the other place, but you belonged there. Belonging is so important that we'll even compromise our values with to I think that it's so valuable to understand that the church community is what we belong. It's not that it's, it's not a nice phrase or sentiment. We actually, it was created that we belong. That all nations, all tribes, every tongue, every race, every every person in one place belong. There's a place belong. Dr. Renee Brown, she's someone I like to read some of her works and she said this interesting about belonging. She says, the, the, she defines it this way, belonging as an innate human desire to be a part of something larger than us. We're all born with that. The community calls us. Because this yearning is so primor, uh, uh, sorry, uh, primal, we often try to acquire it by fitting in and by seeking approval, which are not only hollow and su a substitute for belonging, I think there's a lot of things that will call for you to belong. Do, do those things have eternal significance? Do those things uh, 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 raise you up and lift you up and, and build you in your faith? This ultimate, why would we even believe you? Do they commission you to the greatest purpose the world has ever known and will know? Do you belong? The value of the community is important. Let me give you God's part now. In Psalm 68, God says this, God places the lonely in families. That's how important belonging is to God. That's why he created the church. That's why he created community and connection and relationship. Belonging matters. He places the lonely in families. I love that. He sets the prisoners free and gives them joy. Meaning this is no longer isolated, but sets them free to experience and they joy with that. Galatians 6.10 Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity. Whenever we have the opportunity. I love that because in, in therapy they'll say, oh, this is a great opportunity for you. But really you're like, no, that's a horrible thing to do. Like, it's an opportunity. Right? It's a, it's a different mentality in seeing a struggle or a difficult situation. Whenever you have the opportunity, we should go. Or we should do good to Especially, especially to those in the family. 
building one another up is foundational. We're teaching, training, discipling, helping, growing spiritually together, accountability together. We're, we're holding each other and building each other up. We value the church community as uh, right? We grow by so many
Second thing is judgment. Judgment will hurt church community. When we go around and we go, hmm, yeah, they don't have to do that again. Uh, let's help Let's pray. That's not a problem. Romans 14 13. Therefore, let us not pass judgment on one another any longer. It's going to be an issue. But rather decide never to put a stumbling block or anything to the way of another. Don't judge. Judgment will only be on the two. When we look at someone as the other, we are the two. Gospel is about unity. It's about lifting each other up, building each other up. Judgmental mentalities divide people. And there's only one judge who's better at it than you, who's better at it than me. Romans uh, uh, 14, 18. Whoever thus serves Christ, might not have seen this, something in Romans here. This is a good one. Whoever thus serves Christ is acceptable to God. So be careful about judging your fellow brother and sister. And approved by men. So then do not pursue what makes so pursue what makes for peace and for mutual building up. Because that person is acceptable to God. How dare us judge them? I don't want to take advantage of but judging someone is not what we want. They're approving something. The last part of this is the self-interest. Self-interest will destroy church community. When we think we're willing to ourselves. We do this as a staff. When we make recommendations, we say, listen, let's think about the church, not the we But sometimes we'll do it. If you're running an organization, like, well, I would like it if it was like this, but well, who cares what you like? What is the organization? We do this all the time for you as a church, and we keep ourselves in outwardness. There are lots of things I'm like to do, but they're not, this church is not about me. It's not about our staff. It's not about our elders. This church is, we've been gifted to lead the church. The church is about people ultimately glorifying God. So that when we make decisions, we cannot think of ourselves. When we do things, we cannot think of ourselves. Romans 15, uh, uh, 1 through uh, 3 says this We who are strong, have an obligation to bear the failings of the weak. You cannot think about yourself. You've got to think about the other. And not to please ourselves. Let each one of us please his neighbor for his good and building them up. Listen to the, the, the closing line where Christ did not please himself. So how dare you walk outside of what Christ did? He keeps us so Self-interest. Looking out for self. You won't experience a thriving. All of those things that he says to go, you have to stop. You have to stop. That's where we're part of thrive, the community will thrive. The last thing that's super short and close with it is ultimately potential. Let's understand the potential of the church community. I don't know the full potential of the church community. Honestly, I don't. I don't think the Bible gives the full potential of the church community. I know that the church community went together in community. I know that people have changed entire community neighborhoods by the power of the church community. I read story after story after story of churches who came together as a church family and community and impacted neighborhoods, areas, regions for God permanently because of the church coming together and its potential. But we have to look.
look at his potential. I was looking at how many Bigfoot sightings there are in the uh, world slash most of the United States every year. Anybody guess how many there are? Reported. Reported. Oh, you didn't recover Bigfoot today. 23,000 people have Bigfoot sightings a year. Reported. Calling 911. I have seen a Bigfoot. How many UFO sightings every single year on average? 90,000 UFO sightings every single year. Reported. Called. Get a hold of the Secretary of Defense. I just saw. What does that mean? How many Elvis sightings? Thousands. Still. How many Christ sightings? Could you report on it? Jesus walks here. Let me tell you how you will cite those. These sightings that are reported. I'm going to read it to you right now. Ephesians 1.22. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be the head over everything for the church, which is his body. Jesus walks today through the church. Or his hands, or his feet. Jesus walks today. On this earth, through his body, the church. We are his representation, his body, alive, walking, in all these different facets he's gifted us in to come together to represent Christ. This commentary, I'll read it and we'll end. Uh, Paul, it says this about this verse. Paul uses the concept to express the ideas of organic unity, mutual dependence, and multiplicity of functions. Now listen to this, but what does this mean to us as a congregation, as individuals? Jesus' own physical body is no Now, we are That means something. So when you hear the body of Christ, you must know that this is Christ's body. When the body is working together, the body is striving
this second attempt to what you have done to the church body and what 